You are Locked On Mavericks, your daily podcast on the Dallas Mavericks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is going to be huge. 360 in the contract, never that. I just take the contact, I'll bring it back. I'm running on the fast break, behind the back. Yeah, this, that, this, that, this, that. Dirk with the Welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, media member at MavsMoneyBall.com, and I am joined, as what used to be always, my co-host from 105.3 The Fan. What you got for me, Dak? What's up, Nick? How you doing? How is Florida living? Florida living's been good. This is uh, Josh Dak, obviously, from 105.3 The Fan. We used to, and probably still will in the future eventually, host the uh, Seeing Stars podcast. And as some of you real, real day ones listen to the Seeing Stars podcast, so shout out to all, like, ten of you. Heck yeah, yeah. If, there are any li- <laughs> if there's anybody listening to this that actually still catches the Seeing Stars podcast, I mean, we haven't done one in... Gosh, I mean, it seems like forever, but it was, you know, obviously we had a good run and I have actually have one more thing for you. Random question. Have you ever heard, have you ever heard of the iPhone game Tune Blast? I have Do you not. Know Is I'm... it like musically or what? Are, what no. Else? Okay. So it's Tune. It's kind of like, it's kind of like a play on Candy Crush, but honestly, okay. So they're getting like really good promotion right now from like oh. Ryan, Ryan Reynolds. Yes. Just did I did just see the, the Ryan Reynolds one. <laughs> okay. So I got to tell you, I have a very serious problem. So I was walking through Walmart with my fiance earlier, definitely ditched her to go to the bathroom just as an excuse to go play Tune Blast. <laughs> it's a very, I'm having a very real issue, but it's it's that serious. It is so good. Wow, the, that's the only the only time you'll ever get a story like that is in off season off season locked on Mavs. Yeah. Okay. So we'll we'll get back on top. No, that's what that's what offseason locked on maps is for. So uh, random talk today. What we're getting to is we're going to talk about a bunch of random uh, offseason stuff. So we're going to get Josh's opinions on all of the offseason stuff. Luca, DeAndre, uh, some chances at some free agents. We'll talk about Mark Cuban's birthday. Obviously, we'll talk about the uh, Antenta Cumbros. How sw- the Antenta Swole Bros? Is that a name? Antenta is that a name is that Antenta Swole Bros is what I think I'm going to call them. Can we go with like the freak gods? We can we like can we can use that. Freak gods, freak gods. We can know. use that. And then uh we'll take some we'll take a couple questions that are trickling in here from uh from Twitter. So uh you can follow me at Nick Van Exit. You are Josh underscore Dak. That would be correct. That is no longer I can I can say that without having a question mark at the end of it. He is at yes. Josh underscore Dak. You can follow him. All kinds of DFW sports stuff. One of the one of the best Texas Rangers minds in the game right now. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. That's kind. This is that is just a uh, a confirmation that all my useless knowledge is not going totally by the wayside. But if you it's good. if you have any love or have any questions or anything about the MLB draft, this is the guy to go to. He is. Yeah, like the- I'm one of two people that actually <laughs> follow the MLB draft but it's a good time and if you have any questions about anything baseball shoot them my way I'm a freak so yeah so we'll uh we'll get to all that before we get to that Dak did you watch the WNBA all-star weekend of course absolutely I it was one of those things that I honestly 
I don't think that they did a great job of promoting it because I originally went to ESPN just to see if it was on, like went on ESPN, ESPN two. It turned out it was on ABC. So it was on a, you know, regular, just cable news network. And I was very impressed with just the presentation of how the WNBA put together all-star weekend. And I liked the idea of having, kind of the two teams, the the two captains, and then they drafted their team similar to kind of what they do uh, in the NBA All-Star Game format in that way. But, you know, honestly, the thing that I really enjoyed and something that kept the game moving along is at halftime, that's where they threw in the three-point contest. It was so great. It helped that it was, I mean, it was a nail-biter. It was, I mean, it was a great three-point contest, but I liked the idea of just keeping the viewer there for an extra 15 to 20 minutes as opposed to flipping the channel or going to something else. So I liked it. I thought it was good. I, what what were your thoughts? I assume you watched it as well. Oh, I loved the halftime three-point contest. Now, they obviously can't do it in the NBA because they have to have that extra day of you know, of viewership and that whole extra broadcast day and the dunk contest and all that kind of stuff. So the NBA, they couldn't adopt this. But for the WNBA, that's awesome. It was so great. It kept me entertained, kept me watching. A three-point contest with anybody is going to be awesome because there's going to be somebody that gets hot and there might be two people that get hot. And this time it was Kayla McBride. And then this girl, Allie Quigley, holy crap. That girl yes. can launch the ball. Can launch the ball. Uh, so she scored, so she scored 29 out of 34. Yeah, two takes there. That's wild. I don't appreciate McBride taking Doug McDermott's nickname because they're going with they're calling her McBuckets now, which I understand that's the first thing you're going to. Can you call like, her Miss McBuckets and Mr. Miss McBuckets? Okay, see, I'm I'm good with that. Go with like Mr. and Mrs. Potato Head. So go <laughs> with like Miss McBuckets. I'm good with that. Also, Allie Quigley, who is now the two-time champion because she won last yeah. year at All Star Weekend. Won this year at All Star Weekend as well. She has one of the most like consistent shooting forms. I mean, very set shot. It's repeatable. I mean, it works for. Her. And I mean, talk about because like in the NBA three point contest, you have just a rack of money balls. She knows. I mean, she knows where she's hottest on the floor, and that kind of like uh, that right center. Uh, kind of, I mean, out. It's on, the right wing. Yeah. yeah, the right wing, right wing. So it's not going to be your corner three, and it's not at the top. But it, she was, she was absolutely crazy Killing from it. that, from that kind of point on the floor. It was awesome. Her release is just so quick. It's just, it doesn't take that much effort either, which, which is why I think she was able to get through all the racks. Uh, where we saw like some of the other pl- some of the other players that maybe hadn't like practiced very much, they uh, they didn't get through all the racks, or they got to the end and they had too much time, or they were tired, you know th- those kind of things. Like Allie quickly just gets through those, and it's, I mean she's just like a machine. Her and you know, was, form is you the know, same was, the entire time. You know what was so impressive to me as well is that Allie Quigley was the last contestant in round one, and then was the first contestant because they went. From the whole field down to the two finalists. Yeah. And she was the last one in round one. And then they threw her back out first one in round two. So maybe 45 seconds to a minute of downtime. And I mean. Did they even take so a commercial five, break? No. No. They kept it. They kept it there for the broadcast. And, yeah. I mean, taking 20, 25 shots in a minute. That's a lot of shots to put up. You'd think there's some fatigue there. But I think that's where. You know, her kind of quick release, and it just doesn't seem like there's a lot of wasted motion there. 
So for her, that made a lot of sense, and it worked well for her and kept her, you know, in the competition. So. Yeah, she like barely walked back to the other baseline, and <laughs> they were like, "Hey, you got to do it again." <laughs> yeah, yeah, because exactly. you went Can last, we... and so you got to go first again this time. <laughs> yeah. So it was awesome. Uh, the three point contest it came down to. Uh, they did two. They do two rounds. I think it was six six players at the beginning. Then they just do two to the next round, and then they tied in the second round. And so that's when Allie Quigley had to go out and she scored the twenty nine. And it was, I mean, that was just insurmountable. Like that, that was a that's a record in the WNBA, obviously, and that's a record for the NBA too. Like two years ago, I think Devin Booker had twenty eight, and that was the record uh, out of thirty four. And Quigley scored twenty nine. I mean, that's wild. Like that's just I- so nuts. That was something I did not know, so I appreciate that that little nugget of information. But if we're going to get to the game as well, I mean, we have to be proud of of kind of just the Dallas Wings representation with oh, Liz, yeah. what Liz Cambage did. I mean, Skylar Diggins Smith had, I think she had seventeen points. She ended can, up finishing with seventeen. Can we points, bring so. back two segments we used to do on Seeing Stars podcast at the same time? Which, uh, sure. Sure. I mean, this is our podcast, so we can do whatever we want. Really. <laughs> That's so who's going to Who's going to stop? Who's going to stop us? Just you and me. Okay, so we're going to bring back the wing segment because we're talking okay. about the wings right now. And if people are annoyed, we'll talk about Mavs soon. Uh, don't yeah. worry, it'll happen. But uh, <laughs> but we love the wings and the wing. And there's no wings podcast. There's none. There's the, Seeing Stars is the only pod that talked about the wings, and so now it's just us. Um, and I'm going to bring back our beef of the week segment that we used to do. Oh, okay. Okay, so we're going kind of we're going mixed match. Just we're going, kind of a we're going mixed, mixed match bag. And I think I think we're going to take a break. And when we come back, the beef of the week. Dum dum dum. Skylar Diggins. The WNBA All-Star game and Maya Moore. I want to thank the sports writers for this honor. Hungry, looking for something to eat. Looking no further than the Nolan Ryan beef of the week. I enjoyed the competition. The it was indeed an honor to face you. Beef of the week. All right, Dak. Hungry for some beef of the week. That's the, this is the segment we used to do on Seeing Stars Podcast all the time. Uh, and Skylar Diggins was robbed. Absolutely robbed of the MVP. It was her hustle, it was her defense, it was her passing, it was her outlet passes that got them back into the game. It was them changing to starting her in the second half at point guard to right the ship, to bring her in, to to have that two-man game with with Cambage, to have that, you know, be able to to facilitate the entire floor, to be out there, to be the calming force, to be the one that put the spark back in the engine. She was the one that did that. Maya Moore did not. They only gave it to Maya Moore because they were in Minnesota. True. See, or false? I don't even. I don't even feel like Maya Moore was the best player in this game. Uh, you could argue. Um, uh, let's see. I'm trying to think. I mean, Brianna Stewart had a pretty nice game, and Brianna Stewart is kind of this uh, at the midway point of, of this WNBA season. I think she's the early. Yeah, kind she's of probably the early. MVP. She's the early pick of the MVP, but as well. Uh, a wiser name slipped in my mind. The the rookie that choose the first overall oh. pick this year. For Aja, Wilson. Yeah, Aja, Aja Wilson. Yeah, Aja Wilson. Sorry. Aja Wilson. She, I mean, she had talk about a first half. I think she had 16 first half points. So if you're going to give it to somebody as well, I mean, she had a great showing. If you, I get it. I mean, Maya Moore in a lot of ways. If if you're going to do crossover, I think you can compare what Maya Moore does in her 
you know, impact on the game similar to that of a LeBron James in the NBA. Like she is probably and has been for a while the best player in the WNBA. And so I get it. It's in her hometown and they would give that to her. I mean, Skylar Diggins had a nice game. She had a quiet first half. Her second half was much better. And, I mean, Team Deladon kept it up. Then Team Parker ended up going on a nice run in the second half. So I think there's definitely – there's an argument. I mean, there's an argument to give to give Diggins-Smith the, uh, the MVP trophy. I mean, I know this isn't much of a beef, but did you happen to see what – I mean, <laughs> the amount of effort that Liz Cambage was giving during the entire game because <laughs> it, was so it was it was like a it was at about forty eight percent, and on every closeout she had, she would literally just stick her hands straight up and just walk out to the perimeter and just stand there. <laughs> like it was, it was funny. It was she's she's a character. I also loved Point Cambage where we got her bringing the yes! ball up. She was running the horn set where she did the little like. You know, Texas horns, like uh, the hook of horns sign yeah. where for the horns play. She's like running it. She's waving off her teammates. She's like, she's like, no. They're like, pass. And she's like, no, waving them off. And then she just, like the one time she drove coast to coast, she got the ball and then drove all the way to the lane. She's like 6'8". She's the biggest player on the floor. She's driving coast to coast. It's exactly what, what an th- all-star game should be. It's like when what Shaq you- was doing that. Yeah, what do you think that run-and-gun head coach – Fred Williams would say about Liz Cambage and be, being point Cambage, like just trying to pull that out during the WNBA game. Do you think he would allow it after the 50, 53 point explosion? I don't see Fred Williams as like the fiery, like get in your face kind of coach. I feel like he would be like a silent killer. You know, you, just do, like, you do that and he just is seething on the bench. Yeah, it's just, it's pure disappointment. Just a look of shame, just shaking his head just and be like, so get mad. to the end of the, just get to the end of the bench. Just so mad. Um, all right, there you go. That's your way. Oh, and then, and then, uh, loved that, that Candace Parker talked Cambage into a dunk at the end just to, cap, oh, just sure. to cap it off. Cause Liz said on Twitter that she was going to shoot a three and, uh, which she had taken many during the game, but missed all of them. But, uh, she ran in for a dunk with like five seconds left and it was awesome. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And then one, one more quick note before we head over to Dallas Mavericks talk, RIP, Ariel Powers. Ariel Powers. Oh, that's, yeah. That's the homie. That oh, is the homie. she was the homie. Gosh. So that, was, that was like day one, one of our favorites. She's cool. Uh, but it yeah, was like when Justin to... Anderson got traded from the Mavericks. You know, like yeah, she's a, a fan bit. favorite. She's She showed some flashes. She was a young player that was interesting for the, for the Wings when they didn't have a lot of young players. And now they're just like chop full of good young players. <laughs> so they yeah. don't really need just her. couldn't Just couldn't stay healthy. I wish her the best in Washington, though. I think I think it's a change of scenery will do her well. And, you know, her play, her being able to play next to Atlanta Deladon, that's, that's a good fit. Yeah, oh for sure. And then I mean Christy Tolliver, seven what didn't she have seven threes in the second half of that? Yeah. Good yeah, lord. She's I mean, she's legit. So that'll that'll I think that's gonna do her really well, just being able to play next to some, you know, kinda decorated bets. Yeah. So all right, there you go. That's some Dallas Wings talk that you guys didn't ask for, but uh we're giving it to you because WNBA is good and basketball is good and we love the wings. And it's off season, so and and it's the off season <laughs> yeah. for sure. All right, let's get into some Mavericks talk. So, Luka Doncic, yes. How are you feeling? It's we we oh it's gosh. been what has it been over to, uh, over a month now. It's kind of settled in. Month. It's kind of it's real now, right? 
It's definitely real. It's it's still it's kind of unbelievable. Like I sit here and I think like wow, it actually happened. And I know that this was a conversation that we had had, I mean going back to early last year that you had said I mean, Luka Doncic is probably number one on my board. That's who I would take. He's so decorated and so savvy and just mature for a 19-year-old. And you could, I mean, we could go on and on and, you know, say the same things that you've heard for a while. But I think it's just, it's so exciting to know, like, he's ours. He's a maverick. And that is, I mean, that is so cool. I'm, I'm pumped. I'm pumped. I'm ready for, I'm ready for training camp because, you know, I was I was the sad sack that literally watched the majority of the summer league, and <laughs> I mean watched I mean all like four games that we had, and I was you know I was hoping that there was going to be a point in time where we would see just some Luca action, and I get why we didn't. And I think in the long run, it's it's smart that we ended up not you know putting him out on the floor with him playing as much as he did over the past two years and. For you know, Slovenia and for Real Madrid, but it's it's cool. I think I think it's good, it's good for him. And the downtime is really just going to give his legs just a rest. And I think you're going to see a little bit more explosion from him come training camp time and pre- come preseason. Yeah, it's I I, I want to know your I mean how you're feeling because this was this was your guy all along the whole time. The I I would like to point out to to the listeners to the Raccoon Squad to the day ones that. I had Luka Doncic number one on my board since January for the yep. Mavericks. We, we yep. Isaac and I, I, I have the proof. Isaac and I have been keeping a top 10 board since January, and he waffled all the time. And I had to talk him into Luka Doncic, and I didn't even convince him enough. It took Jonathan Charks of The Ringer to convince him to move, to move Luka up to number one. And then finally, Isaac got on the same page with us, and now he's super happy, obviously. But, man, it, it's, a, it's awesome. He is going to be so good. He... We've we've talked a lot about this whole, you know, uh, Donnie Nelson mentioned how, you know, we want to build our new big three where we have Steve Nash, you know, Michael Finley, Dirk Nowitzki. Like we want to build that big three again and where he thinks that Harrison Barnes kind of like they're Finley, which that's art. That's, uh, <laughs> you know, like he's obviously, not, not, he's, I don't think he's I was as good as say, Finley. Do you, not, do you not like that comp? I, I, th- I like the comp as far as their playing style in a way, but. Harrison Barnes is not as good as Finley. Yeah. I mean, prime Finley, I mean, he was, I mean, he was obviously extremely athletic. Uh, he was a good facilitator. It, he was, I mean, he was a budding star. I mean, especially. He was an before, all-star. Wasn't he like a yeah. two-time all-star? Yeah. Before, I mean, before Dirk and Nash got here, he, he was the guy. Like in a lot of ways, I don't want to, I don't want to compare him to Dennis Smith Jr., but in some ways, like in some ways, like he was that young budding superstar before you added the other pieces. So in some ways, that's where kind of the Dennis Smith Jr. comp comes in, where I'd say he's the young budding superstar that was here before you're starting to see and add those next pieces in Luka Doncic. And mm. in, I mean, uh, I mean, we'll, we'll see in the coming summers who you can attract in free agency. But I think the moves that the Mavs are making, it's it's making it pretty clear that I mean, free agents want to come to Dallas to Ooh. play with young. Ooh, control- you're going that far, young, yeah. I mean, young controllable talent. It's it's great. I think that 
the I mean the veterans who have been here, especially with the Dallas area for what it is, I, athletes love to stay here. I mean, and that's that's outside of sports and outside of what what takes place off the court. But I think what you see in a lot of I mean cross cross sports. I mean whether it be baseball, whether it be basketball, football, athletes once they come to the DFW, this is where they plant roots. And so I think you could see athletes like I mean I doesn't matter. We won't really get into names, but I think Dallas becomes a legit free agent destination once you start building young talent where players say, hey, I want to team up with that. Hey, I want to be the missing piece for that. Wow. Wow. Finally, the big fishes will come to Dallas. Josh Dak. Yeah. He heard it that is, first. That is, that is in my crystal ball. That is in my magic conch. <laughs> in the magic conch. Yeah. Um. So you have so the, they were talking about building a new big three. So you have you know, like your Harrison Barnes and your Michael Finley kind of. You have yeah. mean, Steve Nash and Dennis Smith Jr. are not that comparable. The the comp is probably more playing style wise, Luca and and Steve Nash. But right. as far as level of playing, if you want to kind of make this this whole comparison that they've been making, that this is the that what Donnie's been saying, not you know, uh not just media people. Um Dennis is like your Steve Nash, and then now Luca could actually be your Dirk. I mean, I, I it'd be hard for me to obviously say that he could be top 15, 20 NBA player ever, like Dirk is. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like sure, that's that's sure. huge, but he has the potential to be that. He could be so 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 good. And so now your team building, the idea of team building now completely changes for me. The last couple of years I've been like you know, I think the Mavericks should kind of bottom out. I think they should, you know, the, the word tank's been thrown around a lot. I think they should try to get the best draft pick possible because they have the potential to get, you know, some good talent and blah, 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 cost control. All this kind of stuff has been talked about. But now, forget all that. <laughs> you have your guy now. You Now you have to build around your guy, try to get to the playoffs, try to get pieces around that can play well now because this is like the, the whole thing with, you know, starting quarterbacks in the NBA or in the NFL. Like, if you have a young quarterback that's, under that, you know, that rookie scale. Now you can use that money to build around that player and to try to get some better pieces around him. Um, and so that's what we have with Luca. I mean, it just completely right. changes the the entire franchise. The entire like where that doesn't happen with a Mo Bamba or a Jaron Jackson Jr. necessarily. Yeah, no, I, I I totally hear you. It's one of those things that i was having a conversation before the nba draft lottery with with chris arnold and you, i know you know chris nick um Ooh, I, I was gotcha yeah we were, we we're doing a show together and it was right around the time it was like prime tanking season and he was like josh i have been around basketball enough to know that no matter how hard you try, you cannot control the lottery balls. You cannot, you know, they don't just don't stress over the things that you can't worry about. And, you know, your team is not good enough to where that they are going to sacrifice a chance to get a good lottery pick. And even though we ended up with five, we ended up getting our guy. And yep. so we are at a point that we're feeling good about it. You know, Luka Doncic is coming in the most arguably the most decorated young European prospect of all time. And I, I think the thing that was really interesting is... Is that I even do, arguably? I, he just is. You know, like he was MVP. Yeah, I mean, and track, I don't know if anybody record. as young as him has won the MVP. Yeah, I mean, track record, I, I think you're you're probably spot on there. Did you happen to catch 
um, Dirk with Dan Patrick this past week. That's hilarious because I just typed that right now. It's something we could talk about later. Okay. So <laughs> no, I guess yeah, I won't, yeah, I definitely yeah, I won't saw get it. it. I won't get into it too much, but I think the thing that excited me is when asked just about how Dirk feels about playing with Luca. Yeah, yeah. I know the I know this was kind of a strange takeaway, but when he said he met him, he was like, This dude's a legit like six eight, six nine. Yeah, he like, said six nine, which I thought was interesting because he's never been listed as that. But I mean, but if he's six nine Let's go. Like, let's freaking go. That is that is awesome. And I I mean, I am pumped about the possibility of having a guy who plays anywhere between a one and a pretty small ball four and could probably do so and is crafty enough to flourish at each of those positions. Like that that just opens up the floor for so many options. He can he can legit play one through four, which just opens up so many things for the Mavericks. Uh, it makes things hard. It, may, it you have a good problem now with trying to figure out where to play Harrison Barnes. <laughs> you yeah. know, like this whole thing. Isaac's been so he's been so forthright on this idea that the Mavericks played Harrison Barnes at four and tested him out the last couple of years, and then at the end of last year. They put him back at three, and they like him at three, and they want to keep him at three. And he's been very forthright with thinking the Mavericks are going to keep him there. And now this Luka thing happens, and you're like, well, maybe we're throwing Harrison Barnes back. At the- <laughs> yeah. like, maybe we're just going to throw him <laughs> no back joke. at the four. <laughs> because of – I mean, you can only control what your personnel gives you. So you can't you can't sit here and project pre-draft that you can slot Luka in and say, oh, oh well, well, what are we going to do with HB? What are we going to do with Harrison Barnes? If Luka isn't in the equation, then yeah, I think you put Harrison Barnes back at the three because naturally that's probably a good fit for him. But I don't think the four is a bad fit either. I mean, Dirk's, uh, Dirk's future, I, there's not much of one, but I mean, Dirk's future is... I think defensively, at least, I think he it's almost strictly a five. Yeah. And then so when you have him on the floor, a lot of where the game's going, you know, Harrison Barnes could probably guard a lot of these small ball fours. Like he's athletic enough to stay with them. Luca can, you know, I think he'll be fine at the three or if you want to put him at the two. It, it's like I said, there's just there's so many options and all these options for the most part are pretty young guys. I mean, the ones that you're wanting to build around are here for the foreseeable future. Yeah, and if you start, if you look around the league, you try to figure out like, okay, how many fours could Harrison Barnes have a, you know, have it actually would actually be a problem. You know, would actually be an issue for him. You start looking at like the Lori Markinens, the Kevin Loves, you know, like the right the, those East guys, the Millsaps. The Blake Griffins, uh, like the Draymond Green and Kevin Durant kind of guys, which are a problem yeah. for anybody. <laughs> you know, like you just look at uh, LeBron, who will probably play a ton of four <laughs> for this year, who's just an issue for anybody. Uh, Zach Randolph, he had an issue with last year, but the, there's not a ton. Like there's just not a ton of guys at that spot. It, it more every year, it, there's less and less guys that he'll have an issue with. You know, yeah. at that four yeah, yeah. spot, because a lot of those guys I just mentioned will probably play five in certain lineups too. Sure, sure. And even moving into the five, I got to get your take. How does it feel to now be back into a point where DeAndre Jordan is legitimately a maverick? I know. Because it's obviously a, it, two years, two, three years ago, I never thought I'd be okay with saying the words of DeAndre. 
you want to come back to Dallas? <laughs> I mean, you good, bro? Like, if if you're good, I'm good. I would love you here. So, oh man, yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. He's he's. I'm glad he's. I'm glad he's finally here. I think it's a great fit, especially since it's the one year deal. I know a lot of people were saying, oh well, what about Clint Capella? And you know, he got less money than than DeAndre Jordan got. The Mavericks were not going to get Clint Capella at that money or even at the money that they paid DeAndre. They were they were not going to get him because he was restricted. The Rockets were going to take we're going to keep him no matter what. And if you try to flirt with Capella, you'll probably lose DeAndre and then have nothing. I mean, who who are you paying at 5 then if you don't get DeAndre? Which then people would say, "Oh, well there was no market for him." Eventually somebody would sign him. The guy's an all-star. Yeah, I mean, I know that he is now he just turned 30. I mean, just recently, probably in the last two weeks or so, he just kind of hit that 30 mark. And people are worried about what DeAndre is going to be and how. I mean, athleticism is naturally going to start to fall by the wayside. But as of right now, like, I mean, DeAndre Jordan is, for this current roster and for what they need at the five position, I think he is going to fit so well. I mean, he's he's still I mean, he's still athletic enough to rim run what this team severely lacks is rebounding. And DeAndre Jordan year in and year out yeah. is, I mean, I think top he, of the league type of rebounder. And I don't know. I, I, I think he I had think his he's career he's, high in rebounding last year, like 15. A game. He did. <laughs> he did. Yeah, I think it was like 15.2. And so it's oh, I mean, it's a great fit. I would argue. And again, I don't know how much I don't know how much there is up for debate. This roster is at a point where it's so much better fit and ready for a player like DeAndre Jordan than it would have been, say, two years ago or, say, three years ago when, you know, the original signing would have been here. Just because you now have the you have the addition of young talent, you know how to rely on that young talent. You now know how to build through the draft and see that that really is a priority as opposed to chasing the big fish every free every summer. But I think adding DeAndre Jordan to this current team, like it's going to be it's going to be a nice fit. You know, the West is so tough this year, but I think expectation for this roster, if there is some way that they find themselves in a playoff push come April come the end of the season, that means something went really right for this roster. That mm. means things started coming together. Dennis Smith Jr. took that next step as a floor general, and you know he is now a better facilitator, a, a floor leader. I think that means that Luca had himself a nice season. I think that you know Harrison Barnes probably stayed really consistent, and I think that means DeAndre Jordan really had a presence in the center of this offense from a, I mean, defensive standpoint, I mean, from, you know, a shot blocking standpoint, but also from, uh, I think in a lot of ways, I think as long as you have a presence down low, that's going to be something that this team hasn't had since Tyson Chandler. Exactly. Uh, we're going to go to a part two. We've, uh, we've talked a whole bunch of stuff. We're going to get to your questions. We got some questions still coming in on Twitter. Um, so let's go to a part two, Dak. Uh, guys, let's do it. Thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Maps. Peace out. Boom. Boom.